I want to uh, make an appeal to you. Um, I was just um, just preparing this morning, praying, just going about my morning, Sunday morning. I was, um, I was, um, well, we're practicing this gratitude and thanksgiving and whatever, and uh, Mary's leading this class on Tuesday night, and so, um, Monday night, Monday night. And um, I've been, I'm ringing a little bit up here, um, just so it won't be too loud. I need a new mic stand. Um, <clears throat> and I've been practicing that now for a while, um, giving thanks and just defaulting to, learning to default to giving thanks. And um, it, it is amazing. It's, it's a whole... Um, it's a weapon of warfare. It's, it's something to use. That it, it's, some, it's something in your hand to fight this stuff with that comes on you, that comes at you. We all have it. And um, don't learn to cope with it. Start fighting. Fight those feelings. Fight those thoughts. Fight the stuff that you just know isn't the spirit and isn't from the Lord. And um, so, this morning I was just meditating on that, doing that, whatever, and I, I started thinking about, I was just thanking the Lord for all of you that come, for you as individuals being here, gathering, that uh, there's an anticipation of coming together, and that it's, it's enjoyable, and, and sometimes you do things and you're not paying attention, um, and not appreciating what you're in the midst of, Yeah? You know, like raising your children, then they get, you know, and you go, wow, I missed that in their lives, you know. I wish I'd have been more, you know, focused at different seasons in life. At least I've experienced that. And um, so um, I started thinking about our gathering together. Every time we gather, it, it is supernatural. And I want to um, appeal to you that... Don't come to church casually, like pay attention to this. Um, I want to encourage you to start actually entering into the spirit. Choose to be in the spirit. Now, I'm not talking about conjuring up a feeling or anything like that. I'm just talking about be in faith. Come believing this, that when, we get, when the body gathers... I just, it's just kind of started exploding in my mind, in my imagination, but I hopefully it was inspired more than just an imagination. That just the gathering together and the, when the, as the connection comes, begins, as we meet and come and pull in and whatever, and we're, we start to enter, the body's coming together and there's something supernatural. I'm, I'm, I know this needs to be. It should not be normal or mundane. It should be electrifying. It should be supernatural. We're activating and we can hear the Lord better with each other than we can alone. Now, we all learn how to manage alone, right? In the spirit and whatever. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah? But... There's something that transpires. What if we came and we're just, con be more conscious of it. I just want to encourage you to do that. Just be more conscious. 
and be the body, and when you connect, we, we have fellowship. We, you're great at fellowshipping. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying it, though, for it to be a, a, a small thing. It actually is very significant, our fellowship alone, um, your fellowship as a group, because, again, we don't talk about it. We don't, you know, have a, here's what, you, you know, how you should fellowship, but um, people that visit speakers, people that come here, they, they are touched by this, and I'll remind you that uh, when we were on vacation, Quan Kareem came from Michigan, and when he, he's like, I don't want to live, if I was, had another, needed to go, now he goes to a great church, very great church, I would never imagine him saying this, if I wasn't where I was, I would come here. Now, that, that's huge. I mean, I was really blessed by hearing him say that, like him feeling that, like this is where, and what, what was that? He, he, felt the, he felt the spirit, he felt the fellowship, like, and other, other people will say that as, um, I, I just, I dittos to my wife's family as they were going through this process of, of losing their mother and then taking care of the estate and, and all the things that had to happen. And, and they did it very well. It's always can be awkward, you know. And they, I just kept praying for them that they would just, just go through it smoothly. And they, they did. They relative, really well. It was amazing. And then getting that, then this decision for Jenna and Kevin to buy the house and able to buy the house. And, and then we end up helping prepare the house for them. And it was just therapy, especially for Phyllis and, and Karen and Kenny as well. They, to, to be able to participate in that preparation. And, and the whole time, you can tell they're saying goodbye to something. Like, this was the house they, you know, were born in, grew up. You know, they were here from their whole... How many of us have a home that our parents stayed in the house the whole, your whole life? I mean, most people, you, you're, you're rare, you know? Most people, like, how many times did you move when you were young? Oh, more than once a year. You're constantly, you know? And so, so many people were... Train, you know, moving around and different things happened in their life. And so for them to have this and uh, the contractor that was working on doing some of the main you know, heavy lifting and remodeling the bathroom and stuff, he was he kept talking about what he was watching. He's watching, especially Karen and Phyllis were there often and doing things. And, and he 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 just couldn't help it. He, he's a Christian. He still was. He, he kept talking about it. You could tell it, it really had his attention. And so right before he left, I was talking to him. And we're talking about this moving thing. I don't know why it came up, but how often you move when you're a kid. And he goes, I'm like, like how about you, Brian? He goes, huh. My, my, my mother was, I, I forget how he said it. My mother was divorced. And so with every new boyfriend, we were moving. And I looked at him and I said, that those are some of the roughest, worst situations to live in. And he just went, uh-huh. <laughs> it was. It was very hard. And so this that thing, it affects people. And they're they're hungry hungry for it. So just the fellowship alone. And then then I know you all you have gifts in the spirit. From the Spirit. I don't have a formula for this. I just wanted to make a decree that the gifts of the Spirit are going to get stirred up. 
And this morning when we were singing, this is a move, and Kenzie's up here, you know, shuffling around. And I'm like, just, just focused on her, like, yeah, Lord, now, now would be a good time. Like, move. We need to move. And we need that manifestation, yeah? And, you know, maybe all it takes is a, even a small group of us to just start really consciously beyond just the good fellowship that we have but man i mean we do this but let's take it to can we take it to another level can i encourage you to take it to another level and some of you are that are just kind of your gift is asleep i'm I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand but are some of you know you have gifts of different sorts like are you you can stir those up you can also let them go dormant you really can. I've, I've met a lot of people, in, even in the ministry, different, pe- different Christians, the minister, and they'll acknowledge, I, I let my gift go to sleep. I got too distracted. Something happened. This happened. That I mean, stuff happens. It always happens. Every time I start moving forward and get like something happens, like I get sick, I'm not talking about a headache or a cold. I mean, something happens, something that knocks you off your game. And I'll lose where I was. It's just like, Lord, how do, I, how do I learn to press through the distraction of whatever it is and not lose my place in line? Yeah? I mean, if you've been, if you've been in line, you finally get in line. You're getting close to the counter. And, you, you, you know, you're like really thinking twice before you jump out of line to do something, right? Because you what? Lose your place. And, and there's something about that like... Uh, as you start to get dialed in and listening to the Spirit, it's really just a heart condition that you're paying attention. I, I believe he's always talking. And I believe in every situation he wants to move, he wants to do things. We have prophetic promises about this, yeah? So I say cash in. I say join me. I don't, I don't even want you to do anything else that, but to say, yeah, and agree with me. And I, and I decree that, that we're going to, we're go, there's going to be a move here that we're going to really move into um, our gifts and, do, and doing what um, I've been preaching and uh, sharing. I got, this, I got this revelation for me. It's just amazing. I love it. I want to stay on it. And it came out of Deuteronomy where the Lord speaks to his people, choose, choose, choose life, choose blessing. The, the opposite of those, if you don't choose, you're, you're, it's going to be one thing or the other. Choose life, choose blessing. And when you do that, you, can be, you become, become very confident. I give you permission to become confident, to start to believe. And I kept seeing these doors that I looked at as I was saying this out loud, that just beyond the doors, I can't really see what's going on in the foyer, but I see the light through the doors. I can't tell what's going on here or there, but, but it, it is a place that just beyond those doors, and I, I was declaring that to all of you, that as you enter into, that you choose life, when you choose life, your provision, your blessing, the Lord's just anxious to make your life great. The whole thing that led up to Deuteronomy 30 and in the beginning of that chapter is him saying, 
listen, you won't lack anything. I will take care of you from the top to the bottom. You won't go hungry. You won't have enemies that can defeat you. Like, you'll be blessed, protected, and all those other things. Just stay with me. Just obey my commands. Just believe, love me. You don't have to go to heaven to find the answer to this. Just, just do this. Just stay with me. And you can believe, begin to believe that your provision is just out ahead of you. And here's why I'm going to stay on this, at least again today. I don't know. I have to. Is that we have such a default to the anxiety, anxiousness. As soon as stuff changes, I mean, we can sit here and we're you're nodding your heads. Thank you. I love it. And then walk out the door and we're all fussed up about something, acting like nobody, we don't have any promises. Right? And we're mad at people. We're really miffed, mad, like upset. They're ruining my life, you know? And, and, and five minutes before or just a day before sitting, we're like, I believe. <laughs> right? So... I don't want you to be under condemnation about that. I want you to just go, yeah, it's true. How did I fall back to that so easily? It's because there's quite a rut that we're stuck in. There's, there's quite a track that we've been on. It, it's hard to get off on the other end of the, end of the other lane. It keeps pulling you back. And, and so this testimony from Kenny, that, that, that is an amazing thing. You've all been in situations, you're, you're at work, you're, I mean, you can't just go fix the problem. It's co very complicated, right? You made a mistake and you can't, and he gets a call. Think about this. He gets a call. There's somebody at the warehouse that should not even have been there. Someone that finds the problem that, what, there wasn't any, there, what? How does that happen? Like, hey, did you leave this behind? <laughs> That's the Lord was out providing provision just beyond what he could see as he was encountering that problem. But the Lord was like, hey, I'm out ahead of you. Watch this. Whoa. You can all, and he, and he testified, I, I'm starting to feel the favors back. It's a big deal to start walking through life feeling, with, feeling favor. You can start laughing at some of these things that happen. Things you normally wouldn't laugh at. Like, oh, just hang on a second. Let's just see what happens before we go there, huh? Jenna, so pregnant, you know, she was like, if you can be double pregnant, she was. She was like, whoo, honey, yeah. You're, you're ready, you know? It's like being in a watermelon patch and going, that one's ripe. That one's ready, you know? And just as the timing is getting close and lining up, her midwife, bless her heart, says, oh, oh, by the way, I don't work on Fridays. That's, that's my Sabbath. And Jenna didn't take that setting down. I don't know if you've ever been around her when she's, you know, you mess with her stuff, you know, you mess with her life. She's not the quiet person that goes away and cries about it later. She, you're going to get it right then, right there, boom, you know. Like, what do you mean? No, no, no. Like, no. And the lady's like, that's my Sabbath. Now, it was like, it is, but you know what, what do we, what is it about us? It's entitlement, I'll tell you, I'll just give you the answer. It's entitlement. We think there are certain professions that just be, should be there at our beck and call. Whoa, 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 whoa. Would you live like that? 
Have you ever actually paid attention to the doctor that gets calls night and day, anytime, day or night? Now, a lot of that's been dealt with, and we complain about it. It's hard. You get used to a doctor. You get, you get confident with a doctor. That matters. But being a profession, being a situation where night and day, night or day, you're you're at a beck and call of, of people like, hey, I've got an emergency. You've always we always have emergencies, don't we? Uh, and so if there's a, it's actually wisdom on this woman's part. I don't know her, but I'm like, it's actually wisdom that she said, I've got a day that's my my Sabbath day that I'm going to just separate, and I'm not I'm not working that day. I'm not calling. I'm not. I need to protect that. If I get that day off, I'm good for six days. Big time, anything you need, right? So Jenna's sharing this with me, and the anxiety was there, and you're like, and we're like, yeah, that's kind of crazy, you know, da-da-da, we're having this conversation. But I, I turned it back around. She's heard this teaching, heard me teach this just enough, and I, I said, but Jenna, let's stop. stop. I mean, I was a good pastor. I had a, mo- had a moment of being a good pastor. I said, stop. <laughs> Sometimes they're far and few between. And I said, stop. I said, let's just declare that your provision's right on the other side of those doors. That would come Friday, everything would be fine. I mean, talk about cutting it close. You know, ding, you know, the, the, the hand of the clock hit midnight and it wasn't long and she's like going into labor. Is that something? I don't want some, you know, other person delivering me. I, I want this woman. I, this, we planned for this. We set this up. This is who I want. Well, that's who she got. I, it's, I just invite you. Let's start living like this. Like, listen to a, pers- a friend's problems. Compl- like, those, they're real. Like, we don't have to be rude about it. But at some point, look for that moment where you can... Slip in a declaration and just say, yeah, that's rough. But, you know, let's make a, let's just declare that there's an answer for that. Let's just declare that something's going to change. Let's, let's just declare the Lord's going to deliver you from it all. Because often when we make a mistake and we know we've made a mistake and we're uh, already guilty, it's really hard to believe the Lord's going to save our skin because we're stupid sometimes, you know? That's what's really hard. Let's believe that the Lord will redeem this. Yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah, you did something wrong. But the Lord still, he's like, he's just like that. You come to him, you say, Dad, Papa, I made a mistake. Could you deliver me? Sure. He's just like pathetic that way. You come to him with brokenness. He he cannot stay in heaven and go, you know, talk to the hand. He forgives people that don't deserve it all the time. Forgave me. Forgave you. <laughs> yeah. It would change your life. And I don't know about you, but I, I want my life to ch- I want to, I just don't want to be content where I've gotten to. I want to go deeper, further, walk closer, be more tuned, more immersed in him. And this is, it's such a pathway. I had it in my notes, and then when we were having a class on Monday night, this came up, uh, Philippians 4.8. So 
Um, I want you to turn there because I had written down some takeaways from Philippians 4.8. And so um, I've been often using the Passion Translation and I look at different ones and I know it's, things are worded differently. And yet, uh, not always, but most of the time, I'm like, wow, I love how Brian Simmons worded this and, and how, how this got ended up translated. So backing up just a, ver- a couple of verses in verse 6, it says, don't be pulled in different directions. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, verse six 7, and I'll get to 8. Pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. I guess he's talking to the right group, right? Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with over, overflowing gratitude. So, wow, this is rich. This, here, here's the language. We're not complaining to God. We're not, we're not coming at him that way. We're coming with, with gratitude. We're coming with faith. Lord, I'm praying, I'm asking you for help and asking you to deliver me because I believe you can. I believe you will. I'm giving you my requests. Tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Hey, isn't that what we're looking for? Answers, answers in challenging situations, like what color to paint the room. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, honestly. Once you understand he's a loving father, then all things are game. Give them to the Lord. He wants you to. Then you'll get that off your mind and move. we can move on. Right? It's not about never just... Be where you are. Ask what you, ask what you need to. He wants to help. Once you learn, he helps you in little things. You're like, oh, hot dog. I can ask for some big stuff now. Once he delivers your cart of potato chips, you know, like, cow, you know, that was impossible to get to. Like, hey, I want to ask for some big stuff. That's how that works. And I don't even really have the faith to pray for it. It just the Lord prepared it for him. Like, hey, Kenny, look, Shazam, boop, pow. Yeah. I love that story. Verse 8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all and now we, have a, we get a list, a grocery cart list, shopping list, okay? And I, and I actually re- wrote all these out. Keep your thoughts fixed on things that are authentic. Some of the things our minds are fixed on, on aren't authentic. I'm still catching myself repeating information that I didn't verify that's not doesn't end up being true. So that can be at any spectrum of things. It, it can have to do with things just, I mean, just normal. No one's lying to you. It's just, it's not the right information. You assume something. You re- misread something. Anybody misread texts once in a while, at least sometimes? You can get in a lot of trouble. 
glancing at a text. Here's the worst. It comes up, it just pops up on your page, you know. It's not the whole thing, but you only see the first line. Now, this is, gets comical sometimes. Ashley's not in here, is she? Yeah. No, Ashley nor Robbie. Ashley puts in her order to Robbie. Robbie and Brady work with her down at Huebner's, and she puts in her order like, hey, I'm going to Chipotle. What do you want? And they all text her, text him their stuff, and when he comes back, he comes back with, you know, a, a burrito bowl with like one or two th beans and rice. I mean, it was just like vir virtually naked, you know. And um, she looks at him like, are you kidding me? Which is not beyond him and Brady to tease her like that. So that's never going to end till the, you know, the end of eternity. And uh, he looks at her and she goes, you moron. Like, and he finally opens the text. He goes, oh, like Robbie style. Oh, oh. <laughs> he missed all the other ingredients that he's supposed to get, you know. We're all still laughing. We're probably not laughing as hard as Ashley is, but it's a funny, funny story. It's so easy to get information wrong. So think on these things, things that are, just take a moment to verify, to read again. Like, I, I'm in such a bad habit of speed reading stuff, you know, boom, boom, boom. You can miss information that way, just saying. And I'll be like, oh, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to just slow down and pay attention to what's going on. Keep your thoughts fixed on what is real. Keep your thoughts fixed on what is honorable. Keep your thoughts fixed on what is admirable. Keep your thoughts fixed on what is beautiful, what is respectful, what is pure, what is holy. What is merciful? You can fix your mind on vengeance, how to get back at somebody. You can fix your mind on uh, radical ways of, uh, you know, resolving things that aren't good. You know they're not good, but your mind keeps playing out this scenario. Vengeance, you know, like you're, you're not fixed on being merciful. It's such a, it's a whole thing. I, I do practice this. Drivers out on the road, different things. Stuff happens out there, doesn't it? Someone cuts in front of you. Someone forgets to turn on their turn signal. Someone does this. That. I do that stuff sometimes. Sometimes I'm the guy that makes a mistake out there and someone's blowing their horn and all I can go is, I know, it was really bad, dumb, 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 sorry. What gesture is there for sorry? You got to be careful making gestures, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah, they'll say read that. Yeah, they, they do. So, yeah, you, yeah, you got to really be really careful about gestures. Practice mercy. Won't cost you anything. Just some anger, some fussing, fretting, some more gray hairs. Practice mercy. You can spend all day justifying why someone shouldn't have done something to you the way they did or what happened. But 
the practice of mercy just, you don't have to go to court. I hate court. I don't really don't like the place anyway, so let's stay out of it. I'm not good. Jesus is my advocate. I send him if I need someone to go to. How's that? But we play that in our mind and we're giving our thing over and over and over to justify why we're innocent and someone done me wrong. Just because you're engaging, you're already losing. So fix your mind on be merciful. Be merciful with doctors. Be merciful with whoever you're dealing with. Be merciful with, with the people you interrelate and have to, have to like, just have mercy. Because you don't know, tomorrow it might be you that makes a mistake. You can try really hard not to get on someone's nerves or try really hard not to make a mistake or offend somebody. You can try really, work really hard at that. Eventually, it's going to go sideways. It just does. It's the hardest when you're trying hard not to do that, and you do do that. If you practice and sow mercy and forgiveness and grace, it's so neat. People make mistakes all the time, you know, like, hey, we're sorry we, made, we got your order wrong. I'm like, it's, it's fine. There are some real problems in life. This isn't it. Or the poor people behind the counter, they're like going nuts these days. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I made you wait for them. I'm like, take it easy, yeah. It's good. I'm never bored. I have my phone. I have my what? You know, like I'm fine. It, it doesn't hurt me to just slow down a little bit. I'm fine. Thank you. You're you're good. You're good. You're trying hard. You're working hard. I don't want you to feel. Don't feel bad about me. And um. So you fix your mind and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, and that that is the. That's the language. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Fasten it on that. And this has to do with what you actually know about God, but you're all worried. You're, you're over here with everything else. Your mind is fastened on yeah, this other stuff. And you have to admit, yeah, you know, hey, what is your, what's your mind fastened on today? Um... Let me tell you, you know, fasten it on this. God's glorious work. He's the creator. That's, a, that's an amazing thing to fasten your mind on. Do you know how good it feels to let him be the creator and you not be the creator? It, do you know how comforting it is for you to come to this conclusion that by faith you believe he's the creator? Otherwise, you're going to be on a long, endless search Science or not. But to come to the result, do you understand how peaceful we absolutely should be all the time? There are things we know that unbelievers are they're still looking for. And they they're like the dog chasing its tail around. I mean, they're just they're just circular around and around. They just keep ending up in the same place. I, I do. I, I go, you know, this is amazing. I'm settled about this. I'm good with what I know. Uh, and I'm humble about it because I don't think I know everything. But I do know that I have an experience, a personal, I got a personal call from the Lord to come and follow him. 
I didn't come up with that. It wasn't on my agenda. As a little boy, I wasn't headed this direction. But fortunately, young, the Lord started drawing me. And when he did, I knew, it was, I knew he was real. I believed. That's a gift. That's a gift. You know, Jesus said it. He goes, uh, hey, guys, I want to tell you something. Nobody comes to me except the Father. Draw him. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's true. You think you're here on your own? You think you're able to believe just because you're a good believer? How do you think you got here in the first place? An unseen hand, someday maybe we'll see exactly how a father in heaven went like this and adjusted your direction so that you'd end up right where you did. Fix your mind on all the things that God has done for you and work. It's easy to forget. I'll confess it is. It's easy to forget. Left to my, I, I think I mentioned this a week ago, left to myself, I would not have chosen the right woman. I, I know the Lord sovereignly, like, interfered and interrupted and made sure I got here. The Lord, like, he established this church that we have. I don't take credit for it other than I stuck around long enough for it to come to life. And what we have is precious, right? It doesn't matter the size. The other things that I always thought were so important, I'm like, oh, can have it. I'm good. I'm good. I am, I am surrounded and upheld by covenant people and relationships. I, I, you don't get better than this. I want to have my mind fixed on appreciating, fixing my mind on the glorious works of the Lord in my life. I was able to find redemption. I was, I was able, I, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit and, and different encounters that are priceless. I don't take any of them for granted. Fix your mind on that. Remember what he has done. Remember what he has led you to. Remember what he's provided for you. Live in that that he called you, he chose you, poured his spirit out. He has set you in a good place. I know that's my story. And that's exactly uh, this, you know, praising the Lord always, praising him always for his glorious works. And that's that thing, being grateful, being thankful, being content. Who was it that, Phyllis, who was it that was just talking about the joy, do we read it in the book maybe? The, a, the joy of a child that has virtually nothing but one toy. And we experienced this when we went to India too. Um, you would think you'd go to a third world country and the children would be depressed and sad. They sing without inhibition. They don't have that same self-consciousness. They're grateful. They have the little bit that they have, they're, they're, they're happy. We bury our children in gifts and, the water, and, and they're discontent often. So it's not about having a lot that, can make, that makes you, you and I, same way. We can be, can do, we can have joy 
over the things. I mean, the gifts the Lord gives you, and they are. I have a lot of things I, I really love and appreciate. The things markedly, the things that the Lord provided are, are precious to me. The things that were waited on are precious to me. The things that were given from someone that wanted to truly express, not out of obligation, but truly wanted to express care and love towards me, those, those are precious. And all that we have is precious from him. Let me close with this pasture, past this scripture, <laughs> passage, passage was the word I was looking for, Second Corinthians, we looked at it before, and <clears throat> it keeps coming up in my mind, because <clears throat> it's such a big deal, something to master, we're not done with this subject, because we don't have it under control yet, how's that? <laughs> when you're trying to learn to play tennis and you're not very good at it, Yet you're aware of that. You're like, I'm I'm learning to play or playing an instrument. What do you say? You're like, you play you play guitar? I'm working on it. <laughs> you know? I haven't mastered it yet. I'm working on it. I'm I'm learning the ins and outs. I'm learning how to handle, I'm learning that. I'm practicing that. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. This is about your thoughts. Oh, those are elusive buggers. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude. That's some strong language about my thoughts. Arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. And then he uses this language. We capture like prisoners of war. Oh, yeah, I've got the graphic. I, I had the visual for that. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed ones. So now you have the visual of soldiers capturing enemies, yeah? And are they messing around? No, no. When you're in that scenario, life is it's dead serious, isn't it? And you capture an enemy that will just as soon shoot you, kill you, if they even have the remotest chance. You don't, you, you're very aggressive about it, very emphatic about it. You're very, like, militant about it. I got you. Get your face on the floor. I'm putting your hand. I'm, gonna, I'm going to restrain you. I'm going to haul you off to wherever I haul you off to. We get that attitude about these thoughts that we're entertaining that come, that torment you. You know you know the difference. Just let the peace of Christ differentiate. Good thought, bad thought, okay? When your peace of Christ meter, meter drops down, you know this isn't a good thought, right? But when your peace of Christ meter gets happy, then you're like, oh, this is a good thought. I love my wife. I love my people. I love my family. I love, you know. I love my church, Beep, you know, yeah? So we need to get very aggressive about the thoughts. They seem so real, but I guarantee you, these bad ones, they're deceptive. They come out of, er they come out of every evil thing. And uh, I don't think we can get serious enough about dealing with this thing. It's difficult 
it's a bit elusive. But there are things, you, you'll have to wrestle them down because they're, they're good enemies. I don't think we think we should have to fight. It's part of the problem. I shouldn't have to fight over this. Other people don't have to fight with it. <laughs> You're probably very wrong. You're probably very wrong. It's not about how you judge things. Like, oh, that person would never have this problem. Don't, don't count on it. They would never have this thought that they're ugly. They would never have this thought that they're overweight. They would never have this thought that they're poor. I mean, all of that's a state of mind. You understand, don't you? Because they're wealthy people. If they have this stronghold, they're, they're more poor than you are. Just because you have stuff doesn't mean you have a wealth mentality or spirit. They're beautiful people. I, I've read like testimonies and biographies. Beautiful people, beautiful women, beautiful, you know, the people that are celebrities, they're insecure. They're jealous of anybody that gets around them. It's like, what the world is that? Like, you're kidding me. Just because you think, oh, they got it all. Not necessarily. Because if you have thoughts that are enemies and they're strong, they'll lie, they'll deceive. The word arrogance shows up here, and it's they're arrogant, like they're really strong. And you have to identify them and start pulling them down and realize. I have to deal with this. We give up sometimes because they don't like to go away. They must be demonic in nature because we shout them out, you know, and they're still, they just still show up. So identify the thoughts that aren't from Jesus. It's, it's really not that hard if you'll just go, okay, where's this really coming from? Just slow down a little bit and ask, where's this really coming from? This all have to do with how you, how you perceive other people think about you. Yeah, it gets, it's real. There's a thousand arenas to go into with this, but it, it, it messes up your relationships. And you get a thought, you get a burr about what you think someone thinks, and you're all upset, and nothing's really happened. And that person probably has no clue whatsoever you're feeling that or thinking that. This is how the enemy works. I mean, we just kind of like use this. Um, picture, get aggressive, like, hey, look at that thought and go, you're under arrest. I mean, honestly, I'll encourage you, speak to it. Take authority over it. We, we don't do this. I think like, most of my life, I'm like, I shouldn't have to do that. It's real. I <laughs> know. Who said it's real? They always present themselves as real, but I challenge it. And it's given you heartburn and a couple other <laughs> maladies. It affects you physically, emotionally, every way. Pretty soon, you're not doing your job well. Pretty soon, you're not doing your marriage well. Pretty soon, you're not doing your relationships well. 
Pretty soon, you're not raising your children well because this thing is there and it's causing you to react and respond and be all over the place. Every place except for the peace and love of Christ. Every place except for what Jesus is saying about you. Now, I don't know for sure how we're going to deal with this invisible enemy, but it really does need pulled down in all of our lives. It, it, it has to come down. It'll destroy you. It'll get you off track. It'll stop your momentum. I mean, have you ever experienced this? This thing starts and all of a sudden you can't work, you can't function. And we're looking at each other like, what's the matter with you? I've got an enemy thought in my head, you know? He's coming to hit me and threaten me. Take them. Here's our, here's our admonition. Here's our exhortation from the, from the word. Take them captive. That means better get your boots on. Get your weapons out that you fight, fight spiritual warfare with. I, I, why is it so hard to take authority over these? We think they have a right. They don't have a right. If your thoughts don't line up with what Jesus is saying about you, take it captive. We'll deal with it later if it was right or wrong. Take the chance and take them captive. Let's see what kind of peace comes when you do it. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go for it anyways because I'm tired of hearing this voice. I'm tired of hearing this lie. I'm tired of hearing this whisper. Take it captive. And let's start declaring good things when we hear bad information. Don't stop there. Don't just be a good listener. Listen and then become proactive and some way, somehow, find a way to interject a declaration because that's all you're releasing that word is sometimes all that all that's needed is to, to change the path and change the situation. I always think i got to go fix something. I'm like, how can I fix that? I can't fix that. Being a man and all, you know. Try that on your wife. She'll be like, I don't need you to fix it. I need you to listen to me, right? <laughs> it's not about fixing things often because you can't. They're out of your control. And then we get angry. That's why you're angry because you're out of control. You don't have to stall, stop this injustice that's going on to you or to somebody else. You can be just as upset about that, maybe sometimes more. To make a stop, make a, use your authority, use the weapon of warfare that you have, your mouth, your declaration, and speak a good thing. Go, in the name of Jesus, this is going to stop. And, and, and pray it with a clear conscience between you and the Lord. You'll know. You'll know the difference. You'll feel his favor like, hey, good job. I like that. I like hearing that. That's good. That was good, Rick. Wow. I'm proud of you, son. You handled it well. Like, you want to hear those words? You don't have to wait till heaven to hear them. Start walking in the spirit and do well. He will confirm you. He will affirm the good decisions you make over this thing. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, just thank you for your word. I thank you for your patience with us. Give us strength, anointing grace to start challenging these thoughts 
are, are the things in our mind. The true enemies of our soul. And though they are elusive, let us have the grace from heaven to identify them, put a stop to it because they cause every evil thing under the sun if they're not dealt with. So today, Lord Jesus, we just declare that the thoughts that are in the deceptive thoughts, the arrogant thoughts, the things that present themselves to us, that they be cast down, that they be pulled down in Jesus' name, and that we will use our authority, that we will participate in this and make declaration and speak to them in Jesus' name. Speak to this mountain, be pulled up, cast into the sea. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your favor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's remember that line that was just sung, that you alone are worthy. A few weeks back, I did something with uh, the Veterans Administration, and it was called a silent watch. And they had it um, at Belton Village Mall, and they had posts set up that faced north and south and east and west. And you stood at a post and you remained silent. It was to bring awareness uh, to the suicide epidemic among veterans, which is 22 per day. And something happened to me there. Uh, when I was standing on my post, people would come up and uh, give me thanks, or they'd pass in the distance. They'd try to, you know, just catch my eye, and they would mouth the words thank you, or they would wave. And people even brought their kids up to take pictures. And um, I had this tremendous guilt because I was receiving honor and gratitude for something that I wasn't worthy of. I had never served. And I had to be silent, so I couldn't explain this to them. I, and there was other volunteers. There was people that, that um, came and talked to the people and explained what we were doing and why we were silent. But the veterans, most of them weren't in uniform, and the non-veterans, we all looked the same. So. I just, I just stood there. I was at a post for a half hour, and I just stood there feeling guilty because uh, I wasn't worthy of this praise. And the other thing that happened, you know, you get to a certain age, you think you've experienced the, the level of feelings. Uh, what are you going to feel again at this point in my life? But the, the feeling of gratitude I had from these people I mean, I've probably been thanked for something in my lifetime tens of thousands of times. I was never thanked like this for a sacrifice. And so it was totally different to be able to, to see in their eyes and I could see their hearts, the level of gratitude they gave me for what they thought I had done or what they, you know, the, who they thought I was. And I just wanted to hang on to that feeling of gratitude. I'd never experienced uh, that level of thankfulness before and I just wanted to see if you could understand it bring it to the communion table uh, to let Jesus see your heart today because he is worthy and he did make the sacrifice so I just want us to um, go to that level today in communion to give thanks to let him see your hearts 
to thank him for his sacrifice and thank him for who he is.